Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone. And today we're resuming our Doctor Who discussions. We have not talked about Doctor Who in a while, Adam, and this is yeah. actually, we were discussing this, what started this whole thing was us talking about Doctor Who, and it's been, it's been so long since we've had a new episode, uh, and it's been so long since we did a classic Who episode, which we really need to get back into, uh, that uh, it's just been a while. So, uh, so we decided to, to jump in when the show resumed. We have a new showrunner, uh, we have uh, a new doctor, and we have a brand new episode, The Woman Who Fell to Earth. Uh, so the new doctor is is uh, Jody Whittaker, and the, the the new showrunner is Chris Chibnall. Who, you know, his the fact that he was running the show is the reason why we went back and did so many Torchwoods episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we might have some. I think we both agreed it was kind of hard to extrapolate much from Torchwood, but it'll be interesting now to see if we can draw any connections now that he's actually running the show. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think I'll, you know, since you mentioned Torchwood, I, I'll just bring up the point too. I, I feel like Torchwood isn't always the best thing to say. That's what a Chibnall show is like because it was a Russell T Davies show. Yeah. That Russell T Davies, the very last second, decided I got my hands full of Doctor Who. I can't can't do this catch and threw it to Chibnall. So you know, it's it Chibnall was the showrunner, but he he kind of came in at the last minute. Well, and I guess he's more known for uh, Broadchurch, right? That would be more. Broadchurch is a is a genuine Chibnall show. And, yeah. and I did see definite connective lines between Broadchurch and this. I could see some of that, yeah. you know, crossing over. Um, so I visually, visually, like the at the opening, you know, bicycle scene. It's like just all that landscape shots. Yeah. I'm like that felt very Broadchurch and, to me. It was like he really likes his landscapes. He, he likes his landscapes, and he likes. He likes he likes sort of moody uh, sunrises and sunsets and yeah. reflective light. You know, so, you know, there's, there's a very it, it was it, it could have easily have been a, a broad church episode with that opening shot uh, had it not been for the alien monsters and everything that that. Yeah. Set up. So <laughs> sure. the, I guess the basic storyline is kind of like Predator. That's how I would describe it. Where oh, it's you know, very very Predator. Yep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so, and so I don't think we need to say much about it beyond that. We get introduced to the new companions. Um, we get introduced to the new Doctor, and uh, I'm still sort of getting used to the companions. So I think we yeah. have Graham, Ryan, and Yasmin, if I if I have their names correct. And we also yeah, had another and, uh, character named Grace, uh, who was very important in the episode. Yeah. Um. So so, before we get into all that stuff, though, what 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 did you think of the episode? Did you like it? I did. I mean, you know, obviously it is a new showrunner, new Doctor, all new companion episode. So it had a lot, you know, it had to do a lot of explanation. It had to do a lot of place setting, but you know, so I mean, it's not it's not like it was a brilliant episode that knocked it out of the park. But it was it was a good episode, and I'm really excited for next week, which is all it had to do. I thought it was, it was, you know, with, with, with the burden of having to set so much up, I thought it did a very good job. No, I, 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 th I yeah, I thought it was, um, I guess the way I would put it is, it, like you said, it didn't, it wasn't like the best Doctor Who episode ever, but 
it was probably one of the better doctor introductions that we've ever had. Yeah. It, yeah. Like I generally don't like those episodes because it's all exactly. there's sort of this. It, it, it's sort of like. And I'm going to use a role-playing analogy, but it's like the first adventure where the party has to get together. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like everybody knows that the party has to get together, and we're all playing this game of, well, we don't really know that that's the end goal here, so we're just going to dance around it until we get to that point. And it's, it, that's how these episodes usually feel to me. This one didn't feel like that. It felt a little bit like the Matt Smith one when Matt Smith first showed up to me. The Matt uh, Smith one was the best one the new series yeah. has done of a first Doctor episode up to this point. And it, it may be a be- I think it's probably a better episode than this one, but this I, I definitely rate this the number two yeah. introduction to a Doctor episode. Yeah, it felt it was. I, I would say it was to me it was equally strong in terms of how it decided to approach the situation where even mm-hmm. though there was I mean. There, there was sort of, you know, she's the new doctor. She doesn't have all of her memories, and she has to get, you know, she has to sort of have an epiphany of some kind. It was put yeah. in the back burner for the most part, and it wasn't a huge deal. And I think yeah. that made it well, work. Yeah. When, I, when I when I pulled this up on my DVR to start watching, you know, it had little synopsis popped up on the screen. It was like, oh, something about how the doctor can't remember anything and has amnesia. I was like, oh no, we're yeah. not going to have because that was, you know, the. The, the uh, Doctor Who TV movie they did between the old and new series, they went with amnesia with the Doctor in that episode. It's like the whole point of the Doctor is he knows all these things. It's like giving the Doctor amnesia is like, you know, it's a Superman episode, but he doesn't have any superpowers. Yeah. And, and, I, and I will say this. I think I think also, I guess technically the Christopher Eccleston episode, the first one, wasn't that a post-regeneration episode? Uh, it's debatable. Yeah, I mean, that's a... there's. Because the there's a point where he looks in the mirror and was like, oh, look at my ears, you know, yeah. and uh, and some people go, oh, see, he has never seen his face before, but he it's never it's never it's never made explicit. I, I choose to believe that that's the post regeneration episode, and I would file yeah. that under with the, if that is this one, that one, and the the Chris, the the Matt Smith one. I think are all strong. The David Tennant one and the 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 uh, Capaldi one. The Capaldi one really bothered me. Number one, because I really liked terrible. Capaldi. Peter Capaldi, yeah, Peter Capaldi was a great, great doctor. But that introduction was so maddening to watch. It was, <laughs> it was, it was just, it was just frustrating the whole way through. And the David Tennant one was kind of similar because I think he was in bed most of the time, right? <laughs> yeah. The- the last, I'd say the last 15 minutes of that episode are pretty good. That's yeah. like where it's like, oh, he, you know, when he walks out of the TARDIS in his bathrobe, it's like, boom, it's like, okay, suddenly the, the episode comes alive after yeah. after an entire episode of garbage. But it's like, yeah, so I mean, it, it redeems itself enough to make you want to watch more Tenant, but it, it really didn't have to take so long to now, in terms of the story, what did you think? Did you like the overall storyline? Did you like the use of the Predator? St- I mean, because it is Predator, basically. Uh, well, they call him the Stenza, and he puts teeth in his face. Uh, of you know, he takes the teeth of his victims and embeds them in his face, and he's it's basically a trial for him to become the leader of the warrior class of the Stenza, right? That was the yeah, exactly. If he uh, if he completes the uh, the uh, rite of passage, but uh, I I mean it's it's. It's fine. It's like I, I think it's good to have a minimal plot in these kind of episodes, like we talked about. I mean, you know, well, you know, comparing the, the ones we just talked about, the the original Tenant episode, you spend all this time with these aliens and stuff, and very little time with the Doctor, and that's the wrong way to do it. Whereas the uh, you know the Matt Smith premiere, 
the you know the whole prisoner is it prisoner zero i forget but yeah uh, i think that was it i think that was it yeah it's like that that's another minimal plot that takes about the same amount of time as uh as as the teeth face guy and the tim shaw that's his name uh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, you, it it gives it gives time for the episode to breathe, for us to spend time with the doctor and the companions all hanging out, and that's that's what the episode should really be about: getting the getting the party together to put it back to your role play comparison. So, yeah, I, I was fine with the. I I, didn't, I don't like to say I love the uh, enemy in this, but I thought I thought there was the appropriate amount of opposition in this for what the episode should yeah. do. He, he was a perfectly serviceable Doctor Who enemy. And we're obviously, <laughs> we may learn more about the Stenza. Next, I don't know. I, it was a little unclear to me where the episode left off when they when they materialized where they did. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but so far, I mean, I like, uh, I, I like the atmosphere of the of the of the episode, I thought I thought that was one of the things that did really well. Because it's yes. October, and I'm kind of in the mood for more horror style uh, episodes, and I thought that this episode really nailed getting that that just between the 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 way it was shot and the lighting and all that. Some aspects of it when I uh, when I first watched it, I, initially I felt like it was maybe a little bit slow paced, but then I realized I was just sleepy. And so it wasn't it wasn't really a, a pacing issue. Um, and there was also the issue of the way that they des- decided to to air it in America, which we could talk about now or we could talk about later. But that also, I felt, had an impact because yeah. I, I watched it this morning on Amazon and that was commercial free. It was premier celebration free. And it was it was really enjoyable when I tried watching it on Sunday. Number one, I was tired, like I said, so I actually fell asleep midway through and uh, the big thing that I think was throwing me off was they kept going to the premiere celebration and interviewing people, and it total it and the just the juxtaposition of moody Doctor Who episode to celebration where we're suddenly talking to Will Wheaton about stuff. It just didn't it, the <laughs> transition didn't work for me, and it and it and it made me more tired than anything else. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember BBC America did that during uh, the Matt Smith era too on some episodes, and it was like really it was really irritating to me because it's like okay you're you're trying to get into this new doctor feel this new doctor as a person and stuff and get yeah. a feel for who they are and then every every 10 minutes you're jumping to the actor talking about oh blah 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 you know it's themselves and it's like you're you're really really making it hard for me to buy into the reality of this show if you're going to keep breaking it's like it's like watching a play and having the actors come out between every scene and talk yeah. about the play <laughs> no so. no there's that and, and I, I think there's a few other things there that I, number one they, they can do it before the show like like when they've done it as like a yeah, introduction to the doctor is its own middle mini episode before the episode you can choose to watch it or not i prefer the way they did it with capaldi where it was a sit-down discussion do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I mean, it was still celebratory, but it was like he came out and he talked, and it wasn't. It, this felt very. This felt like I was watching a party I would never be invited to. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's what bothered me about it. It just, it just was like I don't have any interest in what you guys are talking about. I don't really like the the style of the interviews, and everything oh, yeah. is so glitzy that it's just not. It's not. It's not like like I'm just trying to enjoy Doctor Who. So. Yeah, I, I I only saw bits of that because I I wisely was was DVRing it, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to wait an hour and let the DVR fill up a bit so that I can just fast forward through the commercials. 
So when the interviews popped up, I was like, oh, man, I am really glad I gave myself the fast forward option on this. So I was uh, I was I only I only caught snippets of it going through. I mean, I one one interview snippet that stuck out at me. It was like there was like that Will Wheaton and some other woman being interviewed. And it's like that. It's like it's like some of the comments like, "Wow, that sonic screwdriver is going to be so cool." People, kids, kids are going to start playing with sonic screwdriver toys as if they were like Harry Potter wands. They're going to be the next Harry Potter wand. And I'm like, I sonic screwdriver toys for kids have been around since yeah. before I was born. That's not a not a brilliant insight. It's like, you know, why why is this why is this interview in the middle of the show? Yeah, no, <laughs> and, a, and a lot of the stuff that was going on kind of felt like that. I mean, it just it just and and the thing is, I know for a fact that like a lot of Doctor Who fans were kind of ticked off about the, all that stuff. That you know, for example, like why stretch the second showing to 2 hours? Because mm-hmm. the thing is, you had sent me an email saying just to be aware, um, and you were working off whatever information you know was available. All, at the all, time. I, all my, my information is I looked at my cable guide. And I was like, okay, I'm going to DVR the upcoming episode. Okay, there's two entries came up. The uh, the you know it was the the episode came up and an episode with that in parentheses after it's special edition. I was yeah. like, oh, there's a special edition and a normal edition. So, And that's a totally logical conclusion that you reached, which was there's going to be two different versions of the episode. We figured that the first one was going to be like the cut down version and the second yeah. one would be like either a director's cut that they were only going to air this time or the real version that they were getting in England that they weren't going to show at the first uh the first slot in America. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's and it's and, you know BBC America. Just for people that don't know, they're either in other countries or whatever. It's they they the first time. Well, basically, they used to always cut down uh, Doctor Who episodes. They cut about five minutes out of every episode, often in a completely random and arbitrary plot ruining way. <laughs> and uh, and you know, but starting with the eleventh Doctor, they would run it in full length the entire the first time then when it, it reruns you always see a cut version when, mm-hmm. when you see a bbc america rerun of a doctor who episode yeah. there's a chunk of it uh, bbc america is terrible for all kinds of reasons yeah. first for me is that they the, the the quality of their transmission is pretty bad in a lot of places where i live they're the one channel that I don't get at the quality that I get my other channels at. And whenever I've contacted my provider, they said it's the channel. There's just an issue with that channel. And so there's a, there's a serious issue of quality with them. But number two, they do stupid stuff. Like, I like Star Trek. I, I like Star Trek The Next Generation a lot. I don't, I don't understand why it's airing on BBC America all the time. <laughs> yeah. And why they well, do it in these enormous blocks of, like, you know, eight episodes back to back. Um, yeah, yeah. BBC America is separate from the BBC, just for you know, yeah. just, just to let people know. It's like it's it's a company that's paid for the right to use the BBC name. So you know, it's well, you know, it's 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 just it's not a it's a it's a terrible terrible TV station that is not the BBC. Here's what's wrong, and maybe there's financial reasons that would explain this. But if that's the case, then they shouldn't have, they shouldn't be the ones that are paying for the right to have the. Uh, the BBC. Yeah, but I feel like after but, all the years of terrible things they've done, the BBC should go. Yeah, we're not renewing yeah. the contract. <laughs> but, but but I, I because the the way that it works is you turn on BBC America and like on any given week, they're only playing like five shows. Do you know what I mean? Like 
like mm-hmm. th- like maybe they've mm-hmm. changed it recently because it's because you know when Doctor Who wasn't airing, I wasn't paying as much attention to BBC America. But whenever I've gone on in the past, it'll be like Top Gear for all of today, <laughs> and then Doctor Who for all of tomorrow, and then you know Graham Norton for all of you know the next day, and and that's mm-hmm. kind. But they're why aren't they showing like the, there are so many classic series that they could be airing on BBC America like Father Ted, Black Adder, you know yeah. Yes Minister, you know there's there's all these there are all these great series that they could be putting up that, that they're not for whatever reason, and it's just mysterious to me because back in the day when we used to get BBC here. They would air Father Ted, and they would air Red Dwarf, and they would air all these great shows, and uh, and I just find it frustrating because, as interesting as I find Top Gear, I don't I don't find it as I I, I, I want to see a, the thing that I the reason I go to BBC is because they have well written shows. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. I, I don't go there to watch people race cars or to watch game shows or watch talk shows. Again, Graham Norton, he was on Father Ted. He did a great job. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's very good on his on his talk show. So I'll make an exception for him. But for the most part, I don't want those kinds of shows on a cable channel that I'm paying extra money for. So and and now we're getting way away Wait, from. We should probably get back to the episode yeah. at this point. But. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, because I could go on all day about BBC America, but uh, but yeah, I guess I guess maybe we should talk about you know uh, Jodie Whittaker. So it's yeah. Like, so so what did you think of her as the new Doctor? What, how, how did you like her out of this episode? Well, at the you know at the we I mean, we talked about the, the last episode of the previous well really the the special. I I I had a really good feeling. We only got like you know this mm. little. 10 second snippet of her and I was like ooh that looks really intriguing Yeah, and I feel like she delivered I feel like yeah I I got the doctor I was hoping I would get from those few moments I think she 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 just kind of hit all all the notes of being the doctor. I was yeah. like, I completely believe this character was the doctor. She had the the eccentricity. She had like the humor. She was believably smart. I mean, it it, it just all worked for me. Yeah, I, I thought I thought she was great as the doctor. I, and again, I had the same feeling. I know we had talked about that episode before, and she made a very good impression with that little moment that she had. But you don't know what you're going to get when you actually watch the series. And so I was I was quite impressed with her performance. She actually, you know, who she reminded me a lot of was David Tennant. That was probably the doctor she reminded me the most of. But she was also doing this thing. I don't know how to describe it. Like one of her characteristics that I kept noticing was. If she gets knocked down, she just gets up instantly and like is like it's like she just keeps moving. There was yeah. a, there's like a high yeah. level of energy to this doctor that uh, that I think really works well, and I think that she really is like like she's just able to immediately zero in and focus after something incredibly distracting, and I find that uh, an interesting trait. And, and as always, this is the phase of the Doctor where we probably don't have the complete picture yet. Like, I, I think back yeah. to, like, Capaldi's first two episodes, and it was not exactly clear where he was going to be. And, you know, it's a very different place from where he was at the end of the series. The same thing with Matt Smith. And, and the same thing with David Tennant, even. And so I think, uh, I think you know, you know so, so all we're really able to judge is, does she feel like the Doctor at this point? And I th- I'd say yes. Yeah, and I mean they, I, I think they perfectly balanced. You know, bring up the fact it's the first female doctor. Just having having that one little scene where it's like, you know, it's like, why are you calling me madam? It's like, yeah. well, because you're a woman. I'm like, oh, am I? Does it suit me? And that was it. That was like, other than that, there was no mention of it, and it was just 
boom. They didn't they didn't they didn't overplay it. They just yep. That's that's it. No, <laughs> that's I went on with the episode. I thought that was the right way to do it because it's like it didn't it didn't get derailed into that topic. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which would have taken away from highlighting the qualities that she was bringing to the doctor role. And so yeah. And so I, I I think that was a smart choice. I I also I'm curious because I saw you made a little bit of a face when I said tenant and so maybe you didn't have that reaction maybe you were thinking no, it, it, well, it was, I, I did make a face it was a thoughtful face <laughs> at least that's what I was attempting it was like huh I hadn't thought about it so yeah I I, I, I don't have a particular insight or anything to say it's like I, I didn't think about her in a I, I guess which is a good thing I was just thinking about her yeah. as the doctor I wasn't uh, going is there a bit of this is there a bit of that it just it just it felt like a convincing version of the doctor to me. Probably as we go forward in these reviews, I'll I'll have more things where I can kind of comment on who she's pulling on. But yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't say for certain what influences that are there yet. No, and I mean again, this was just my initial impression, so I could be way off. It just that was just what I kept thinking when I watched it, and I didn't think it in terms of like oh she's just imitating him, but more like how. Like, Matt Smith is kind of reminiscent of the second Doctor. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not... Like, he's his own Doctor, you know, by every, you know, you know, uh, possible way that you could measure that. Uh, but, like, it's 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 kind of always nice to have a Doctor that they can harken back to is sort of like, this is the style of Doctor that we might be getting. Um, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, I mean... No, so yeah, I guess we're both agreed that she uh, she nailed the part there, and uh, and she was good with I, the humor too. The humor she really was good yes, at, which is important. Yeah, I mean, she I, I I already knew from other things she's done that she's got a knack for comedy, so I was I was pretty confident in that. Yeah, she just pulled that off flawlessly. That that was my but, biggest worry actually, because really, uh, because like it required. That's the hardest thing to do, I think. In my, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I, I've seen a lot of serious actors that when they try to do comedy, it just doesn't doesn't land. And you, kind of, it's sort of like, uh, like who would be a serious, like like Alec Baldwin. He was one of those people who turned out to be really good at going from serious roles to comedy. Do you know sure. what I mean? And 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 but but there are plenty of actors that just can't make that kind of transition. And and so I think it, it, I, I was worried. Oh, well, what if she can't do comedy? But she oh, she got it. See, I, I originally saw her in Attack the Block, and I saw Venus for the first things I knew her from, both where she has some opportunity to be okay. comedic. So, I, I, uh, I've only seen her in Broadchurch, which is like the furthest thing from a comedy yeah, you can imagine. Yeah, the, the uh, mother yeah. part is a very, very different role. And also, there was some <laughs> clip of a play she was in that some... some jerk on youtube was was saying it was like a clip of the like remember when they, remember when there was like a uh, like a little clip of of her from this series got leaked into the public and the bbc oh, clan I, I missed that whole thing there was like a, apparently there was like a clip that got leaked and and the bbc i think they clamped down on it really fast so it was like yeah. purged from the internet and some jerk was posting on youtube oh the exclusive clips of the new doctor and when you followed it it was her in a play with like a little uh, like he had just superimposed the TARDIS into the background. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I I have to say uh, I have avoided as much Doctor Who news over the last uh, year or so just because I'm like, I, I, I'm just going to watch this with its fresh 
as fresh a feeling as I can. I want my eyes just just untainted by all the comments on anything anyone has to say about this. And so I, I feel I made the right choice. Yeah, I, well, I, it was just the two temp. The temptation was too great for me in that instant. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't resist. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so what do you think of the companions? We have three companions, it seems. Which is, I mean, I guess that's sort of you yeah. know that we've had three companions before. So that's you know, I kind of like it when there's a full group. I feel like it. Uh, it feels nice and I don't know. It doesn't feel as lonely as when it's just two. Sometimes you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I have no problem with the multiple companion things. Yeah, and of course they. They, they were kind of playing games with us a little bit because we have uh, the other guy on the train who is one character whose name I didn't get into my notes, who is the guy that the, the Predator is chasing. That's Carl. <laughs> Carl. That's Carl. Okay, I couldn't remember his name. But yeah, we, you know, it's, it's like potentially, you know, Carl could have been one of the companions. And then you've also, of course, got uh, Grace. Uh, Grace, of course. So it's like they, they kind of have, have five characters in the mix, you know. It's uh, three of them make it through the episode as the uh, companions. It's uh, but uh, but yeah, I no, I, I, I like the uh, like the companions or what we've seen so far. Uh, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a little early to say a whole lot about all of them. I think I think I think they did a good job with uh, with Bradley in the. He's the most reluctant companion, but they they walk that line of him just seeming sensible (laughs) and somewhat pragmatic. It's like when he does get involved, he's not, he's like, yeah, he's, he's useful and he does things. He's just, he's kind of acting like a normal person. It's like, wait, why, (laughs) why, why are we getting involved in fighting an alien invasion? And he's, uh, and he's, and he's a little bit stiff, which kind of works. Like it works as a, he's sort of the, the, the stiff guy in the group. Uh, I think Graham and Ryan were the two that got the, they got fleshed out the most this episode. They did. Yeah, Yasmin, yeah, I'm Yasmin still not an enigma. She, yeah. she's ambitious. She wants to get prove herself as a cop, but she didn't she didn't uh, get as much. But I I, I liked what we saw. And uh, and so, uh, what did you think of so so? I mean, we talked about the villain a little bit, but what did you th- th- what did you think of the whole Tim Shaw gag running through the through the episode? The Tim Shaw gag worked because because Jodie Whittaker really sold it. I mean, yeah. her like her her saying his name wrong over and over again to annoy him. It was just Tim Shaw. You know, it's just I. She just she. It's I don't know if she was doing it to annoy him. I think she, I think she was <laughs> honestly <laughs> confused. Maybe, yeah, maybe either way, it was it was really funny. It's the, it's the kind of gag. It's all in the performance. You know, yeah. like you said, comedy's hard. If you've had the wrong person in that role, it would have been like eh, whatever. But she she sold it. Yeah, because when I saw it, I was like, you know, this is kind of a really stupid joke, but I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> exactly. And, and so, exactly. <laughs> so so I think she really sold it. I think I think you're right. And I and I, and again, that was one of the moments where I was. Like uh, I really like this doctor. Like when she did the Tim yes. Tim Shaw thing, that it, it was just working for me. Um, <laughs> was there anything about the episode you didn't care for, or you thought should have been different, or I don't know, just any any criticisms that you had of it? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. This isn't necessarily a criticism, but it's an oddity with the episode. It's because it could be something that's going to be brought up, but I found it. So and it could be something really interesting. So I don't know if this is a flaw, but it's. It's really interesting the way they had Grace die doing something that was largely irrelevant, 
and you know, cause, cause they could have given her a heroic sacrifice death or something, but it's like, you know, she she wants to go back in, even though the doctor tells her not to, and they have the whole electrical thing, and they go and electrocute this drone thing, which isn't really doing anything, and it, I, I, I found that kind of intriguing, because it's not commented on at any point as the episode goes on, and I, I, yeah, I don't know, that, that, that was an interesting choice, and I, I don't know if they're going anywhere with it. Yeah, because with a minor adjustment, they could have had her sacrifice herself to eradicate the, the, the Tim Shaw character yeah yeah so saying it seems it seemed like it had to be a deliberate choice but they never they, they, they at least haven't yet touched on that again so it's uh I don't know I, I, I found that I found that very curious yeah no I mean I thought I thought she was a it was she, I mean obviously spoilers but I thought she was a, a, a good character for the length of time that we had her mm-hmm. um, and I think I mean her, her main function in the story is obviously to kind of give us a sense of who Graham and who, uh, what's Ryan? Is that the other one? Yeah, Ryan, she's Ryan. the connection. You know, uh, you know, as they establish, Ryan isn't interested in accepting, you know, Bradley as his, his grandfather. But, you know, so there's there's kind of a distance between them, and she's the thing trying to pull them together. And now, so yeah, obviously that's going to be an ongoing character thing through the whole season. But. Well, it creates an interesting dynamic because if she were the companion and, uh, and and uh, Graham had died. Th- we would already know yeah. how the dynamic is going to play out, but because yeah. it's that, we don't know how it's going to play out. So it should be a little more interesting. Um, and also, I think I think it's one of those things where it kind of forces them to become companions. Do you know what I mean? Like like they now <laughs> have no real tether to the to 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 the world. Like even when companions have parents except for like say rose sometimes it can be a distraction to have the parents present do you know what i mean um, yeah so yeah. so I, I think i think that uh and, and she's his grandmother not his not his mother but uh but yeah i, I thought that 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 it, it was an unusual way for her to die and it, but it, it endeared me more to her the way that they did it, so it worked. Yeah, I said, I said, I, I, like I said, this is not a complaint, but it, it's just when, when I started thinking about complaints, I, my brain kind of went to to this, you know, just because it is something that was unusual, and so uh, yeah, I, I just felt like I had to pull that out there. But uh, actual complaints about the episode, uh, boy. I, I don't know what, what what were your complaints. Come back to me on that. It's it's been a few nights since I watched it now, so I, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit rusty. I mean, I don't really have any serious complaints. I thought I thought some of the stuff with with the bike was a little bit heavy handed. Do you know what I mean? I thought that the was bike, a, the bike and yeah. the dyspraxia felt a little heavy handed to me. It was um, it was weird to me. I, that was another weird thing. It's like okay, he's got this this condition where he doesn't have have you know good reflexes why are you guys trying to trying to force him to ride a bike just like the way well, to see I, I didn't i didn't get why why they were kind of pushing him into it it's like okay he can't ride a bike leave him alone i mean i, I know i know people in my family with dyspraxia it's it's, it's just it's basically clumsiness do you know what i mean like that's basically okay. yeah, what it's I, basically I like a it. it's basically like it's kind of like a more you know uh precise diagnosis but it's it's that's like the easiest thing to compare it to um but but I would think if you were an adult who never learned to ride a bike, you would just not 
want you just wouldn't you know there are things that I never learned to yeah. do that I just I wouldn't he was something about his behavior in that scene it just seemed like a little bit juvenile to me do you know what I mean it just didn't seem like a an adult way to to be yeah. with that with, with that situation like like there are a lot of people that have for whatever reason can't you know they can't do whatever and and they you know they they, they either sort of you know diligently practice it and the, and you know but or they or they just don't do it anymore do you know what I mean but it's not like yeah. it, it was kind of like that scene would have made sense if he was 12 but to me, it didn't really <laughs> land right with him being an adult. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I'll say I'll say one thing I liked in the bicycle plot though is I like the fact that after after his nan dies and he goes back to the field and he gets the bike, he still can't ride it. That was yeah. like, I just kind of it's like the cliche the cliche cheesy thing would be like I did it for yeah. you man yeah yeah I wish you were here. Well, who like, knows? No, we might get that by the end of the season. We don't know. Yeah, um, maybe we will. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a good uh, – it, it landed better for me with him failing. But, I mean, but that's like the only real criticism I have of it. I, when I first watched it, I was going to criticize the pacing, but then I realized that really was much more a product of the, the way that this two-hour – version was presented and and how tired i was that evening so yeah i, I, I fast forwarded through all that stuff so i yeah. uh, i i didn't have that issue oh. I, I found the pacing was was fine and there was something i liked that i also i don't know if i'm gonna like it going in the future what was the time scale on this episode because i feel like it was it wasn't it wasn't like we got like an hour of real time because you know we saw i think what was it sunset to sunrise or something or uh, there was even an, there was an epilogue too, but like it felt like, yeah. but it felt like it all took the pl- place over a single evening. Um, yeah. I liked how that played out over this episode. I just hope that they don't limit themselves to to that time scale the whole season. Uh, okay. okay, you know, I think I think for certain episodes it'll work. I think for some you'll need more time jumps and more location jumps and stuff. But for this episode, it it, it gave it the the room it needed. To, to sort of play out without without being jarring some some of the like the worst episodes for me in the past eight years or however many years more than eight years however long this has been on new who's been going on 2005 so uh the the worst episodes are when they were doing the condensed storytelling ones and there were s- some actual good episodes in there but i did not like the structure of them cramming in like loads and loads of characters and backstory in a tight, tight time frame. I like it when there's room for the episodes to breathe. But on the other end of the extreme, you could run into the Torchwood season, what was it, season four problem, where they were kind of trying to do real time or a mm. close thing to it. And that was, I just, I, that, that really imposes like the, then you get into 24 territory where this character is now on a plane yeah. for the next three episodes. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I know I, I didn't I didn't have any issue with the time frame in this episode. I thought I thought it was nice we got the epilogue in there too. That uh, that that was that was that that was well done. It was a good emotionally affecting uh, epilogue there because because you know Grace was a really good character. They did a good job. If, if you're gonna set up a character to be the the sacrificial character in the first episode, who's gonna die and you know the other character's going to be affected by it. it they think they did a good job of making her someone that i personally liked so i you know when if we have more over the course of the season 
with Ryan and Bradley both kind of dealing with that, it's like, okay, I'm on board because, you know, she she isn't a nothing character to me. And uh, Oh, and I, should, I forgot to mention, this episode was directed by Jamie Childs and it was written by Chris Chibnall. Um, you know, so... And 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 I and and I'm I'm sure we'll you know as the season unfolds we'll have uh, you know other directors coming in and uh, is is Chris Chibnall do you know how many episodes he was supposed to write this season or has that not been mentioned? Uh, I don't think it's been mentioned. Uh, I went to the uh, yeah I mean as far as the, uh, the the Wikipedia list of episodes it's uh, it's got the directors for all the episodes. Uh, Jamie Childs does does a number of them, including the, the two last ones. But uh, only the first two episodes, both of which are written by Chris Chibnall, have a written by, and the rest all have TBA. So okay, all right. So we'll see we'll see going forward what the what the roster is. Um, yeah. But that's usually an important indicator because we there there always are those writers. Whenever that writer appears, you know you're not going to like the episode most likely, and vice versa, where you know you you know you're in for something quite quite good. Um, yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. And every now and then they surprise you. I, uh, I have to say, I, uh, there have been a few. There's been a few steadfast uh, role writers that I steadfastly didn't like on Doctor Who, and then they, they turned it around for me. But uh, in fact, I didn't like my the first couple of Chris Chibnall episodes I saw, but then he, he did some that I really liked. Yeah, I, I, I I'm drawing a blank on which episodes he did again, but. Um... Uh, but I remember we had a conversation about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the the first one he did was uh, forty two. I think was the first one that he did where they were trapped on that spaceship where they had all the locked doors and stuff. And I don't know, it didn't work for me. I don't remember that one bothering me. I don't remember it really standing out hugely either. Um, yeah, it wasn't a terrible one. I mean, it, I, he was never someone I hated as a writer on the show. Actually, I, actually, I guess I, I never had that big a problem with him. He did cold earth, cold blood, hungry earth. And what did you so, What yeah. did you think of dinosaurs on a spaceship? Do you remember what you thought of that? I actually liked that. Yeah. See, I I think I enjoyed that episode, but the thing I didn't like about it was the condensed storytelling. That again, that wasn't his choice, but that was the structure they were using that season, where you had all these back characters and backstory leading into the episode that they just blazed through. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, oh, go ahead. Uh, it's interesting you you bring it. I've forgotten he did dinosaurs on a spaceship because a, a thought that I had about this season, you know, with the with the Bradley character being the older the older character, it's like we haven't had an older companion like that before in the new series. But they're flirted with the idea. Like we had we had Donna's grandfather yeah. show up occasionally. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. Uh, we get uh, you know we, we get the father in that, and it's like. And I, I've actually enjoyed those older characters whenever they've been on the show. But I've always been kind of like, wow, it would be cool if one of those characters actually became a real companion. Well, and it's like, it seems like Chibnall is actually doing that for the first time. No, I think I think it works because I think you get the dynamic of having like a, a grandparent figure, a parent figure, and then the children figures. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that exactly. really, and that's why, again, that's why I say it feels less lonely. It feels, I don't know, there's something more warm about that. Um and 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 the grandparent figures are the ones that can be really easy to forget about and overlook, but they're so important. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like, yeah. so I think I think yeah, I think that's why his character is is useful here. Um, also, I think it's why him being a little bit more stiff than the other people, a little more slow to step in, made a lot of sense. Um, it did, yeah. Like I said, he 
you know, it would have been really easy for that character to come off as like cowardly or, you know, the, but it's like, no, he just, he just seemed sensible. That's mm-hmm. all. <laughs> but, Which uh, is a, a reasonable, reasonable thing. No, the, I think the character who came out looking the worst in this one was Carl out of everybody. Carl, Carl, Carl yeah, yeah. But, but that's almost like a stock character at this point, especially in Torchwood, I would have to say. Like, Torchwood had a lot of characters like that. Like, the, the, the sort, just sort of like the loser who, you know, is kind of, you know, except in this case, he didn't really, he didn't really achieve any greatness by the end or, you know, there, there was no, there was no turnaround for his character. Um, you know, he just had those, you know, god awful self-help tapes that he was listening to. And, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, no, he was, he was pathetic in a lot of ways. But it reminded, remember the episode of Torchwood where the character dies, the character who, uh, he, he has the marble that he uh, is trying to sell. Yes. You know, yes. it, re- it reminded me a little of that type of character. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. The, uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was an interesting uh, Torchwood episode, definitely. But yeah, I... Uh, uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm... Like I said, the, the most important thing is like when we got... Cause the, you know, going back to hating BBC America again, uh, you know... There's no opening credits on this episode, but in Britain, the episode ends with the new theme and all of that. You get to hear the new version of the music and all of that stuff. In the U.S., the second you get to the point where they're stranded in space, it just cuts to an interview. And it's like I didn't. I didn't even realize the episode was over. You know, it was like it was kind of you know. It's like. I, I didn't get any closure on the end of this episode because BBC America can't let you, you know, have anything. No, no, <laughs> no. Th- here's what I'll say. I saw it on Prime this morning, and and you have to pay for it. The, the, the other episodes, I think, are streaming, but the the new season you have to pay for. And uh, I I thought that that it was. Uh, that it worked really well just as it was presented there and I think I, I think that's basically the BBC version I could be wrong but I it's you know it's it says BBC on the thing so I'm assuming oh, yeah, it's the, BBC the Amazon version. Prime version yeah. is always the original version yeah so, so I mean all all BBC America has to do is air it exactly the way it's aired <laughs> in England that's all they have to do they don't need to yeah. do anything else and if they do that fans will be happy the content will be good but they do these things that are like mind-bogglingly weird that add yeah. nothing to the show. Um, yeah. I mean, I just just immediately, there's like no no gap between them being in space and suddenly you're in an interview and you're like, well, okay, I fast-forwarded for a while, then I'm like, oh, wait, I guess there's no more show after and, this. And I just don't know why they think they need to do this stuff. Like, like do they think that if they don't have this celebration that's sort of cut around it that people won't understand how important the premiere is to, like yeah. I, and i felt like the whole time they were kind of telling us about how to feel about everything and yeah. and i was like you know i can i can judge this on my own i don't need you to tell me how to feel like i'll i'll watch it and i'll reach my own conclusions i i really don't like when 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 they try to plant ideas in your head about how you should feel about a show but you know i just want to watch it and i I'm going to like 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 even when like a new movie comes out and you have the the actors and the directors going around giving their talking points on a film. I completely ignore that because I just don't like the idea of somebody telling me like, okay, this is how I want you to feel when you see this movie. And and you know what they're trying to do. Um, 
And so yeah, it's it's annoying too because I feel like they did such a grounded presentation of the new Doctor in the episode itself. I felt yeah. like yeah, they didn't oversell her. They just you know, boom, we just got they, they handled it so moderately and perfectly in this episode. Like have all this surrounding tissue of, of hype. And yeah. It's just like, ah, you're you know, you're they, they, let, let the work speak for itself. You know, they nailed it. Don't ruin it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You didn't need somebody with a megaphone, you know, next to her like say like, you know, behold you know, you didn't need it's anything. The new doctor. Yeah, yeah. Check her out. Yeah. It, yeah. it was because the quality of her performance was so good that it it just worked as its own thing. You didn't need, I didn't need all this other stuff. And I felt like you uh-huh. like you're saying all that other tissue was kind of taking away from from the quality of the show itself because the show in isolation was a quality episode. It was it was one of the strongest uh, Doctor introductions in New Who. Do you know what I mean? And so I mean that's yeah. that's and and that that's uh, I I I think that they didn't they didn't need to give us all this additional uh, details. And and again, I, I I saw it. You know, it's not just us. I saw people that are much much bigger and more more enthusiastic Doctor Who fans than us. You know, making this same sort of complaint about how BBC America handled all that stuff. So um, so yeah. So I don't know. Any any additional thoughts before we head out? So it looks like we lost Adam, but we lost him at a good time because this is where I was going to cut off anyways. So I'm going to uh, to let everybody go. I do want to remind people that House of Paper Shadows is available in print and PDF. Uh, it's a haunted house wuxia adventure. It's got a lot of body horror elements, and it comes with a bunch of pregens, so you don't necessarily need to make characters to run it. I think it's a really great Halloween adventure. You can check it out on our webpage. You can go to RPG Now or the Studio 2 sales page. And I also uh, want to remind people that we do have a Patreon page for Wuxia Weekend, which helps us to uh, obtain movies and things like that. So I would recommend people check out the Patreon page, which I'll link to. Uh, and we'll be back with another episode of iClaudius. We're also going to be doing Black Magic 2 this coming Friday. And until then, we will talk to you later.